Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. share this wonderful passage with you. It's on serving people like Jesus did. And we're going to show a short video from the Gospel Projects, uh, from the Bible app. How many are reading through the Bible or the Gospels? Uh, Let me see your hand. How are you participating in that? Yeah, absolutely terrific. Today's chapter 14. And um, we're going to show just a short clip that helps explain what's going on here. It sets the background. So go ahead if you would, please. After concluding his great teaching on the kingdom, the next section shows Jesus bringing the kingdom into reality in the day-to-day lives of people. So Matthew's arranged here nine stories about Jesus bringing the power of God's kingdom into the lives of hurting, broken people. There are three groups of three stories, and they're all about people who are sick or have broken bodies or they're in danger, and Jesus heals or saves them by these acts of grace and power. And then right in between these triads, we find two parallel stories about Jesus' call that people should follow him. Matthew's making a point here. One can only experience the power of Jesus' grace by following him and becoming his disciple. Now, after Matthew has shown the power of the kingdom through Jesus, Jesus then extends his reach by sending out the 12 disciples who are going to go do what he's been doing. And this leads to the second large block of teaching, chapter 10. And here, Jesus teaches his disciples how to announce the kingdom and what to expect once they do. Many among Israel are accepting Jesus and his offer of the kingdom, but Israel's leaders, they aren't. They stand to lose a lot if they repent and become disciples of Jesus. And so Jesus knows they're going to reject him and persecute his followers, which is exactly what happens. In Matthew 9, 35 through 38, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, The harvest is great. But the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. The Gospel of Matthew is about Jesus Christ coming and announcing and inaugurating the kingdom of God. And in chapters 4 through 7, that includes the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it's where he called us to be fishers of men. You recall last week, he called us to be salt and light. That chapter four through that, those chapters four through seven, deals with what it's what it's like in the kingdom of God. What we're called to do. What being a citizen of that's like. What uh, what our attitude is and the beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit are those that recognize their need of God. Those that are mourned. They shall be comforted. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. 
God will he'll vindicate them. God will lift them up. And in chapter 6, or chapter 5, he said that we're called to be salt and light. You remember that salt and light, as, as we're called that, salt and light's power lies in being different than the surroundings, than its surroundings. We live in a world that wants to marginalize the voice that, of the church and the power of God that's demonstrated in this world. How many are aware of that? Wanted to substitute it for something else that might be a form of godliness but denies the power of God, or it could be far, far away from God, denying that God even exists, and there's another way that we can go. Matthew 6, Jesus said that if we seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, that all these other things will be added up to us, uh, to us and that, that as we do, we'll lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust and the stock market will not, never go down and it just keeps appreciating the value that we're, we're laying up treasures in heaven. And because how many are aware of that our life after we die is immeasurably longer than this short life here on earth. And so we're encouraged to lay up treasures for eternity. Chapter 7, Jesus Christ is a solid rock. And he encourages us to build our life on him so that we can withstand all the storms of this life because the storms do come. And without a life built on Jesus Christ, our, the outlook for our lives is, not, is very dim. But in chapters 8 and 9, Jesus begins to proclaim the kingdom and the good news of the kingdom, not about its citizens, but he begins to proclaim the kingdom with its power. And he is the one who has all power to heal and to save. And he, he, there's several times that he heals and performs miracles. He healed the leper. He taught with great authority. He even healed the Gentile, which at that time in the eyes of, of that world, they're divided between Israel, Israelites or Jewish people and Gentiles. That was strictly, that was forbidden. And, but he healed the Gentile. He, stor- he stilled the storms and he cast out demons because he has power over Satan and his minions. He healed the paralyzed man. He healed the blind. And if you can search your scriptures, but this is the first time in all of God's word that a blind person was healed, demonstrated the absolute authority of Jesus Christ over the physical limitations that we have. Can you imagine if you're blind all your life and your eyes are open and suddenly you can see? But I'm reminded of Isaiah 35 that says, Then shall the eyes of the blind be opened. Then shall the lame begin to walk. Then shall the deaf begin to hear. Then shall the mute begin to speak. John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus and said, John wants to know, are you the one and are you the Messiah or is there another one to come? And he said, you go tell John that the kingdom is about God's power and the blind see, the deaf hear. The, dumb, the mute speak, the lame walk. And he said, that's the marks of the kingdom of God. He healed the woman with the issue of blood and he forgave sins. His messianic mission was not what the religious leaders and the social elite wanted. They already had their place at the table, had their power. And he did not cater to them. Instead, he healed and ministered to the marginalized he broke down the barriers of religious 
cleansing. He broke down the barriers of ethnicity and the gender barriers and the social barriers. He said, this is what my kingdom is all about. It is upside down. It's not like the kingdoms of this world. His mission in the kingdom of God and the mission that he sends you and me on as his church is an invasion into Satan's realm. We can only do that through spiritual authority, through healing power, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, that he is here now. He is present to love and to heal and to come alongside to be our advocate and our helper, the role of the Holy Spirit. Where there's a spirit of death, Jesus Christ brings life. Where there's a spirit of hopelessness, he brings joy. Where there is despair, and desperation. He heals the woman with the issue of blood. That's the power of Jesus Christ. The prince of this world wants to marginalize the church and the followers of Jesus Christ, wants to mute the voice. And he is more than satisfied if the power of God will be nullified or at best only proclaimed inside of the four walls of the church on a Sunday morning. He's satisfied with that. But he calls us to so much more. He he invites us to participate and no, not just invites. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's not an invitation. That is a command that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel. He calls us to serve like he did, and this is how. Last week I made a a statement, an observation, that the Lord has called us to be fishers of men, just not keepers of the aquarium. When you fish for men and women and boys and girls, sometimes, most of the time, it gets smelly, unless you don't catch anything. How many know that? Yes, yeah. In fact, I said to my granddaughter yesterday, uh, I said something about, I don't know, you know, a grand papa just likes to fool a kid, you know. And I said something about, why are you doing that, you know? And, and uh, she said, why? Do you want me to smell like I do after we get done for crabbing with you and handle that old nasty bait? And I said, no, I don't want you to do that at all, you know. Um, the point being that when we fish for men, women, boys and girls, We will be smelly. Keepers of the aquarium, everything in the aquarium is perfect. The the exotic fish are finning and going around and the the pink lights and the back lights and sometimes the aquarium's in the wall and you drop a few things down, they come up and eat away and then, you know, and how many know that might be beautiful but Jesus didn't come for that. He came that we would be fishers of men. And, and I want to share with you today how he served people and what he calls you and I. You, he calls you and he calls me to do the same. The first thing, there's four things I want to share with you. And then uh, I believe God wants us to pray this morning together as a church around these altars and to pray. The Bible says if anyone's sick, let him call for the elders of the church. We're going to pray for you. But I also believe that God wants us to pray that we would receive a fresh anointing from God to serve people like Jesus served people. Jesus was involved with people. He traveled. He went about all the towns and the villages. He taught them. 
And when he saw them, he had compassion on them. He was moved, moved. It's where the King James and later on it talks about the bowels of compassion. Moved to the point where you, you almost have to double over or you're moved to the point of action. His mission was to bring the gospel to the needy. I don't, I can't predict the future, but I believe that God is allowing us at this time at Grace to expand our ministry because He wants us to expand our ministry footprint. But I'm also wondering where does God want us to go so that more can know Him and that His house will be filled? Perhaps, and I believe it is so, that we're to go to the marginalized and they're there will be people that God asks us to embrace and minister to that are not like us. Everyone that I'm aware of this morning that's here, you did not sleep on a concrete floor last night out in the cold. You didn't sleep under a bridge, did you? Did everyone have something to eat before you came to church? Are you going to eat something afterwards? Is that true? But he came to the marginalized, and so I'm, just, I'm going to ask you to keep your heart and your eyes open for what God has for us. But he came, he came to the people. The difference was that religions make people come to them. But Jesus went to the people. God's purposes always ultimately involve people. And he calls us to be salt, light, fishers of men, that we would bring them in. And so when he was involved he was going, he was seeing, he was moved, he was serving. I, the Bible tells us that we're to pray for, for kings and those in authority over us. I, I heard some words, purported words, I don't know, I wasn't there. And, and I, I don't know what all have to believe anymore, I, I just have to pray and watch. But our president was purported to talk about uh, Haiti and Africa in a less than dignifying way. And when I heard that, I, th I thought of the Statue of Liberty that said, Give me your tired, give me your poor, give me your helpless. Those are confused. My home church where I grew up, I remember old, old, she passed on Sister Lalka. She was sent from Poland at age two. She came through Ellis Island. Her parents could only afford for one person in their family, but they sent her forward to an extended family with a tag around her neck, two years old. And who that she was going to meet and who would pick her up. And they established a place and they found the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, Jesus went to those who were not the right gender. And they were not the right eth ethnic group. And they, they were the poor. And he saw, the, he saw people as sheep without a shepherd and being harassed and confused. And you don't have to be black. You don't have to be white. You don't have to be any color at all. But down underneath, we all have issues of being confused or we need a shepherd and the only one that can 
heal both body and soul is Jesus Christ with His power. That's what He came to do. And so, Jesus calls you and me to be involved with people because we cannot serve people outside of the body of Christ if we only serve inside of the church. How many understand that? God calls us to go and to see and to be moved with compassion. The second thing is that Jesus proclaimed hope in God. That's the good news of the kingdom. The kingdom was upside down. It wasn't authoritarian. Jesus came down. Love came down. Love was when Jesus Christ came down. Love was when He took on Himself the form of a man. Love was when He emptied Himself of all that He was and took on Himself the form of a servant. Love was when, Mark said in chapter 10, verse 45, that the Son of God did not come to be served, but He came to, to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many, and so he proclaimed good news, and he proclaimed it through this teaching. He said the kingdom of God is upside down. It's not what you're experiencing now, but the kingdom of God begins in us before it ever goes to the outside. But he proclaimed good news with that he had power over, over the wind and the seas and power over the demonic activity and power over the infirmities of our body. He healed them and He forgave sin. The Bible says that that Jesus Christ, that we have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your life, your new life, will last forever because it comes from the eternal Word of God. And once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you've turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Can someone say, thank you, Lord? Yes. Our life is built upon the eternal Word of God. And he proclaimed good news. Luke chapter 2 said it was good news of a great joy that the angel announced to all the people. Whosoever will. His arms are open wide. When he hung on the cross and they nailed his arms out, and the, the, the iron... The nails went through the palms of his hand. And when they bruised his body and he hung there for you and for me, and, and someone said that meant that his eyes were open wide to embrace the entire world. Everyone can come because of him. And so he came. And he, the good news this morning, church, is he is a deliverer. He is a healer. He is a savior. He is a king. Praise his name. The third thing that Jesus did in serving people, He served them by healing, body, soul, and spirit, all our diseases. I'm so grateful to God that we serve a God who's called God the Healer, Jehovah Rapha. That is forever and ever and ever and ever. I don't understand why people get upset when they proclaim that God doesn't heal anymore. They get mad when someone gets healed. It's a Pharisee. It's a pharisaical spirit, the same spirit that the Pharisees and Sadducees had when Jesus healed the, man, the withered hand on the Sabbath and they condemned it for us, first of all, because he did it on the Sabbath. And he said, how many of you have a sheep? If it fall, oxen fall in the ditch, you won't pull it out of the ditch on Sunday. 
People are still sick. How many know that? Our hospitals are full. Our insurance rates are going up. There's no lessening of the need that we have. And so Jesus came. Matthew 8, 17 says that when he healed the, uh, when he healed, I believe it was the woman with the issue of blood, it said this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. I've heard people quote, uh, that comes from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5, surely he has borne our griefs. And he's carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he, but he, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement bore our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Amen. Praise God. Not only healed of the power of sin, but the full gospel and all the gospels, this that He is our healer. He heals our bodies. He heals our mind. He heals our hearts. My grandmother, when she was baptized in the Holy Spirit and she went to a church that they were great and preaching the gospel, but they just absolutely, the pastors and the teachers in their seminaries would pop a juggler vein if you mention that God healed anybody or baptized in the Spirit. I mean, and and... She was baptized in the Spirit in this little church plant in Long Island, New York, and the preacher came to see her uh, of the church where she went weekly, and he said, that, this can't be, this is, this is of the devil, you know, and, I'll, and my dad, who was there, said, my grandmom, who was, she just didn't fool around a whole lot, you know what I'm saying, I mean, she just get right to the point, she says, listen, you might have a teaching, but I have a testimony. It's in God's Word, and this is what has happened to me. And God's baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And so to those who say that's the end of that and that God does not heal anymore, I want to say this, that my, that my family and my life is a testimony of the healing power of God because He came to bear our sicknesses on that tree, praise His name. He came to bear our sicknesses because He loves you and He loves me, but also to announce the kingdom of God and He is here with power. God loves us. and This is what it means to be in His kingdom. I've been healed on three separate occasions. And it's all different. I, I remember one night I was praying for people. We praying for people to be healed and just absolutely it was something else and and uh, uh, I had this debilitating, it was supposed to be gallbladder, and I mean, all I know is it, I would double over in pain, it was terrible, and something had to be done, and, and someone touched me. But a whole bunch of people were touching me. I, it's great to be prayed for, isn't it? Just, you know, yeah. But someone put their hand on my chest. It wasn't because their hand was on my chest. I don't understand it. And I felt this heat. I felt this heat go through my body, and all I know is I've never had, I was instantly healed in Jesus' strong name. Praise God. Instantly. Instantly. I suffered an injury in football that my shoulder, in fact, my shoulder, the joint here, it's still, the x-ray shows it's out about a half inch. It's just crazy. But it was so debilitating, it would seize up and 
anytime there's pressure on me, it would seize up. And I first noticed that I was a freshman in, in, uh, in college, and I was working construction, and I had no strength in this arm. Um, I tore my shoulder up and thought it healed. And, and then my first major exam, how many know that's, that's, that should bring some stress to you all in college? You know what I'm saying, a major exam. I mean, and I, and I just, I, I couldn't turn my head. I mean, to drive over a bump in the road was just agonizing. I mean, it just gripped me, and, 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 and it was like that. And I went through Bible college and, and went into the ministry, and it was about 10 years later, and, we, and uh, it, it just wouldn't, it, you didn't know when it was going to come. But if anyone thinks that being in the ministry is this calm, peaceful occupation, I have, I, I've t- I just want to tell you that's not the way it is. And so I would suffer regularly these bouts. And I was driving my pickup truck one day, and I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I want to heal you if you allow me to. And it was just the Lord and myself. And I felt I felt the presence of God come into my pickup truck. The presence of God come into my pickup truck, and I felt this heat once again in this right here. That was, 40, that was 27 years ago. That was almost 40 years ago, and there's not but a recurrent sense that I've been through far worse things than my first freshman exam. How's that? The Lord is my healer. Praise His name. And he's healing today. And he served them by healing. And he calls us, calls us to be his messengers. The fourth thing I want to say is that Jesus enlists you and me to do what he did. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. I'm going to have the band if they'd come right now, if they would. He said, the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. He is our healer forever. He gives gifts of healing to the church. He uses some people in a special way in healing, but he's given the gift, gifts of healings to the church. So he said that the harvest is plentiful. And what he was doing... He said, pray the Lord would send out workers into the harvest. He had been training them to do like he had done. And then Matthew 10, verse 1, if we could show that, if you would. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. In Luke 24... 46 through 48, he gathered them together and promised the power of the Holy Spirit to his followers. In John 22, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. He told them to wait in Acts 1, 5 through 8. He said, But wait in Jerusalem until you receive promise, power from on high so you can go in all the world. And the book of Acts is the rec- record of the early church of how I believe that God wants ministry done. They proclaim the good news. They announce the kingdom of God is for everybody. It's the marginalized. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. The marginalized are those that are marginalized. 
but they did it through the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe, church, that God wants us to embrace that He's here to heal, but He also wants us to embrace that we can be agents of divine healing in Jesus' name. That looks like a lot of different things for different people, but it means that we won't be silenced. It means that God's kingdom is a kingdom of now. It's a kingdom of action. It's not a kingdom of, okay, I'll put you on the prayer chain. I noticed on Facebook, people ask for prayers. Oh my goodness, I'm so grateful that there's prayer. There's hands are flying all over. Prayer, prayers are going up. I hope everyone's praying, not just putting praying hands. If everyone's praying, we'll have no problem raising the dead. How many know that? I mean, but God's called us to embrace this, that we can pray for people. I talked with my, my pastor friend. I've never had a child arrested. They got him out on bail, and they arrested him again yesterday. He said, Paul, I don't know what to do. i got to stand before the church. It's out. It's out in the community. I don't know what to do. It, it, it just bowled me over. I was watching a meaningless football game, Tom Brady and the Tennessee Titans, and Daniel, Patriots are going on. Good for you. And uh, But I shut it down. I could have said, well, you know, let me call you back after this fourth quarter is over. But how many know he needed something then? I prayed with him. I found out later that on Friday I prayed, and here he... I prayed for his wife. I called her by name, and the speakerphone was on. He said, I said, give her our love, and I'm praying. He said, she heard you. She heard you. So announce good news that Jesus Christ, I believe he's going to protect you. I believe that we have an advocate with the Father. Your neighbor's sick, or baby's sick. We can say, can I pray for you in Jesus' name that Jesus will heal? I've never had anyone turn me down yet. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning, and I'm just, I'm just going to make this simple. I'm going to invite everybody to come. But if you need the Lord to minister to you and your body, soul, or spirit, I want you to be the first to come. And I, I've asked, first of all, we have board members that will be here, and John and Eleanor is going to be here, and staff people, and Gary and Nora are going to come and pray, and Nelson and, and his wife, Leslie, are going to pray, and you just come here, and um, and also, if you're if you're a college student, you're preparing for the ministry. I want you to come. You could just come here too. I want you to pray for people, and as they begin to pray, as they begin to play, would you come forward? And what they'll do, you can stand in front of them, but they'll also go to you if things start to jam up. So, would you come right now and say, "Yes, Lord, I want your touch in my body," and then secondly. I want you to anoint me to be the proclaimer of the good news of the kingdom of God with power. Praise the Lord. God bless you as you come. Amen. Let's come, church. Amen.